Namaste and hello, Ruckus Avenue radio listeners. The Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles is so excited and proud to be back in person to celebrate their 20th anniversary from April 28th to May 1st at the Regal LA Live downtown. This year's film lineups include films not only from India, but from Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Afghanistan, and beyond to celebrate our diverse and rich cultural heritage. Not to mention, Bollywood director Mr. Anurag Kashyap himself will be there to host his masterclass. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on these amazing events and opportunities. Please buy your tickets and passes at indianfilmfestival.org. We look forward to seeing you. You're listening to Life Force on Ruckus Avenue Radio, global South Asian radio exclusively in partnership with Dash Radio. Today, as always, we tap into the forces that awaken our lives. I'm your host, Shilpa Agarwal. And today we're recording from Dash Studios here on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. And I am so excited to welcome our guest, award-winning filmmaker and director, Pan Nalan, speaking about his latest film, Last Film Show, the opening night movie at the 2022 Indian Film Festival, Los Angeles. Last Film Show is a story of nine-year-young Same falling in love with filmmaking and how friendships and love collude to help him achieve his dreams. Pan Nullen's previous films include Angry Indian Goddesses, Samsara, Valley of Flowers, Faith Connections, and many others. Angry Indian Goddesses was the first Indian film to win the Audience Choice Award, first runner-up at the Toronto International Film Festival 2015 and the Prix du Public at the Rome Film Festival 2015. Nullen came into the global limelight with Samsara, a massive commercial and critical success worldwide, and won him some 30-plus international awards, including the Grand Jury Prize at the AFI Fest and Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Nullen's romantic epic, Valley of Flowers, is considered a major underground hit. He has also made several documentaries with BBC, Discovery, Canal Plus, and other leading international networks. Last film show is Nullen's first Gujarati language film. Welcome, Nullen. Thank you for having me here, Shilpa. That's so nice. Wow, it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful to be in live in the studio here. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, in the heart of Hollywood. Amazing. Exactly. Um, so I would love to start with a question about time. So some may, of course, the main character means time, but yeah. I noticed how time and timelessness was woven throughout the film. So what comes to mind, um, just the, you know, the, at the beginning, the invocation of Ma Kali, who of course is the goddess of time, the goddess of divine timing, the goddess of cosmic time. <laughs> we have this idea of frozen time in the projection studio. We have this, um, uh, concept of um, cyclical time. We have the march of time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true, true. Which, is, which is so, um, uh, uh, so brutal, in fact. And then there's this timelessness. That this, there's this village that is almost lost to time, but yeah. yet what's there is this idea of rhythm, this rhythm 
it, so time is lost, but rhythm is there. Right. And um, so I have two questions for you here. One is, how did you conceive of time in this film? And the second is, um, can, you, can you share your concepts of time and timelessness and how you engage with them in your own personal life? Yeah, this is wonderful, yes, question. I think, uh, you know, as a filmmaker and storyteller, you know, there are a couple of elements I'm totally interested and attracted to, which is time and light, uh, you know. And so th the time being, uh, uh, I think since the invention of cinema, we as human being, I feel, at least I feel personally, that we live multiple lives. Because before 100 years ago, we did not have an opportunity to live in, let's say, two-hour life of Gandhi <laughs> or Nixon or, you know, uh, and or Charles Ray, you know. So, uh, so now we can walk into the dark room, watch the movie and feel we lived someone else's life for two hours, which could be romantic comedy, thriller, horror, Star Wars. So, so that uh, was really attractive to me. It feels like, okay, I have one lifetime. But it's such a beautiful gift, cinema and storytelling, that each time I'm transported by the good filmmakers in the different kind of a world. And I always realized that the time was key element that, you know, uh, and one of the film theory, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, one of the film critic who wrote theories about cinema and magic of love and, you know, and how it works on our unconscious mind. And he sort of related it to, that, that why cinema usually is two hour to, you know, except we are in India, it can be four hour, but usually, <laughs> <laughs> usually why is it like 90 minutes to two hour maximum? And he sort of spoke with a lot of scientists. It was really interesting that they discovered that when we sleep and when we dream, that's the span of our dream. Oh. And that just blew me away. He said, look, our dream will start. Sometimes the dreams get sort of interrupted if you wake up, but if you let the dream to grow, evolve, you know, and then it reaches a point where we either gracefully get out of the dream or sometimes there's an abrupt <laughs> waking up. And usual that fruitation of a dream in the sleep scientifically is supposed to be 90 minutes to two hours. You know, so I, so I thought, wow. So he said, when we go, the film which make us dream, you know, so that's one thing which I, which I was attracted about time. And you know, and when you deal with time, you are either shrinking time or you are dealing with, you know, like when I made a documentary called Faith Connection, I was trying to capture everything which is going to happen in the 55 days of Kumela. Mm -hmm. And then I have to shrink that 55 days into a two hour documentary. Then I did a fiction movie called Valley of Flowers. That's a love story which starts in early 19th century in the Himalayas and finishes in modern day Tokyo in Japan. So I was going to deal with 200 years of time, <laughs> you know, uh, in a life of a man who is going to become immortal. It's like a magical realism anime manga like love story, which just goes on and on, you know, where one lover becomes immortal and one mortal and who dies, you know, so and they would they meet, would they get united? Uh, so there I was again dealing with another level of time and it's really, I was just mesmerized and blown away the power of cinema, not because I made the film, but when we show it to the audience, how they get transported. 
you know they buy your idea of time of 200 years they laugh at the right moment when character says you know he gets caught by the police in cop uh, in tokyo and cops ask him how old are you what's your name and he says i'm 197 year old <laughs> you know <laughs> so and i'm trying to kill myself but i have failed you know i made 2000 suicide attempt and everyone laugh at him you know and because so for me the time is that mystery you know which will be very hard to understand and in a way in every country or every civilization have different relationship for example in india me growing up as a as a kid in gujarat northwest of india you know we have at least in hindi or also in sanskrit we have only one word for yesterday and tomorrow how beautiful is that it's kal you know kal will mean okay it could be yesterday or coming tomorrow you know not today uh, so unless and until it's put in a right context you know otherwise this there is a timelessness That's so nice. um, in the central character of last film show samai he very naively says that why your name is samai you know and when his friend asked him and he tells the story which he has heard while growing up you know and he said my parents had no job they had no work they had nothing to do they had nothing but time so they made me so when they <laughs> made me my name is samai <laughs> he said only thing they own was time so they said why not we call our son time you know <laughs> it's like the story of creation right Just nothing was there so yes. let's exhale <laughs> so so the, so the time is kind of interesting in last film show because it's set in 2010 where there was this changing time in cinema you know the film celluloid was going away and digital era was arriving across the world and most of the cinema hall what we call single screen were disappearing or uh, or they were switching to the digital projector which was transforming so many lives you know it was creating huge number of joblessness you know people were unemployed because new technology required people who could read write speak english know how to run computer so that created massive number of unemployment because earlier it was a mechanical you 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 need not know how to read or write if you are a good with your hand you can run movie projector and i was told that was the same story in argentina in mexico all these people went out of job um so in a way there's a nostalgia of the film of people who lived with it but the change you know which is arriving through digital era where you know there's a freedom to now tell story you know it's in everyone's uh, you know palm of their hand mm-hmm. uh, and digital era has changed a lot of things you know so now we can all be storyteller by making one or two minute reel put it on instagram let people react to it you know so uh, uh, so i think that was really important that how the time sort of going to play in the lives of storyteller people who are filmmakers mm-hmm. you know who were associated with the film and now the new era is coming so in a way it also became a homage to lot of filmmakers who dealt with time you know contemplative time fast time shrinking time you know the, all these different types of time which we also see uh, but again you know in the last film so i didn't wanted to be have a nostalgia about lost time i really wanted to embrace what's going to come in the future yes. i wanted to end with like a posi- positive note <laughs> yeah you know. i think there's both there's the nostalgia and there's the brutality of the march of time but then there is this redemptive yeah. quality as well exactly yeah. and and uh, uh, and and i think the, the you know when i always i have kind of a belief that when we as a filmmaker when we are shooting the movie you know we are uh, dealing with writing with light 
you know, with we use actor, we write with light, and then the shooting completes, and we come into the editing room. This is where we use time to write. At least I like to use time to write my story because that head, whole editing process is totally driven by the time. Mm. You know, the filming is totally driven by the light and capturing the light, you know, which will mean good location, good performance of an actor, that they are properly lit, you know, whatever it is. It's really about capturing light. Mm -hmm. You know, you do have notion of time, but time is not that important than the light, you know, but when you come into the editing room, it's like having a, uh, you know, fountain pen or writing, you know, pencil. Uh, the time becomes a tool right. to write your story because, you know, we, when you hold someone's gaze for two seconds or four seconds has a complete different storytelling. Uh, so there, the every frame of the editing, you know, is becomes a creative choice for a director, which is all related to time. Right. Do you want them to make love for 10 minutes or 10 seconds? Do you should this character cry on the screen for four seconds, or you want to cut it and let people imagine? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so there are just so many challenging decisions, which is going to make that piece of unique. Like a writer, you know, like you know, you would choose your word, you know, or how you will, uh, you know, uh, sort of express, you know, when you have uh, someone discovering a city over ten page or forty pages, you That's know. Right. Uh, so this always uh, that again deals with time so I really enjoy the post-production and because and then when it works with audience you know you are so satisfied that okay oh I did the right timing so now they are laughing at the right point that's right. <laughs> oh now they are going to cry at the right and that's really about timing yeah. even if you analyze people who did some comedies like Woody Allen okay it's a word driven comedy and then there are others which are timing driven you know just the timing makes it's humor it's this pacing that where you're moving from exactly yeah the flow of it and it, it beautifully done so let's we've talked about time let's talk about light and um I really loved what you said in terms of uh, equating last film show to parables like the ox herder Zen story, which is about this ox, which is kind of the willful part of us or a bull, whatever kind of obstinate animal you want to choose. And, um, and you say, quote, uh, that, this, that the last film show is about, quote, searching for the light, sighting the light, perceiving the light, catching the light, Taming the light, projecting the light, the light transcended, both light and self transcended, reaching the source and return to society, end quote. Now, I see all of these stages in your film, and I see them, it's interesting, not only in a linear way, but in a spiraling way that is very deeply nuanced. And um, can you... Can you take us into one or two of these moments in this in this kind of parable kind of feeling yeah. and understand what you were trying to do with light right. in those moments? And then my second question is, which stage of interaction with light resonates with you the most? So those are the two questions. Yes, I think, um, uh, I mean, of course, the, for, for me, the most captivating moment would be that the very first time, uh, you know, it's a discovery of light, you know, which is in the cinema hall when it's everything is dark, you know, so first of course, you know, Sama is fascinated by the Ka Mahakali and all the magic which is happening on the screen, but very quickly his attention is drawn to the light, you know, and and then, then there is just sighting of light, you know, he's not been able to 
touch yet you know he just looks at it you know he doesn't attempt to touch it you know and in the second attempt you know he actually puts his hand in the beam of light you know and that's why he gets thrown out of the cinema yes. and he makes an attempt to catch it you know and he realizes that you know and but as a child he realized that he has to catch the light if he wants to tell story you know because he hasn't yet understood any mechanism about cinema he but he has understood that what i see what i did with my matchboxes and pieces of glasses of different color and the way i see the world through those color the light is going to be very important but the projector which is a device which is managed to project the light because it controls the light and it has caught the light and is stored in the projector in a childish kind of a point That's of view right. so he gets his gang of the kids and say we need to catch the light you know so this is just like the zen with this parable that how are we going to do it you know that we have seen the light now we need to catch the light you know and then of course can he can i just say those were some of the most beautiful and humorous scenes <laughs> in the film so, thank you yeah yeah <laughs> So those are some of the and I wanted to approach with simplicity. Yes. I didn't want it to burden people with zen parable and all. So I thought that the film should work at multi-layer. That's why they are always great story. So people who know zen buddhism who know cinema, you know or who they could read, you know, many level. Otherwise you are just watching child discovering cinema, you know. It works either way, you know. You need not go and read every nuance <laughs> intentions behind. So that was a challenge for me. It should just work like almost like kids movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he overcomes his obstacle and great nothing stops him. So so in a way I think that was quite of interesting, but it was consciously built that when uh, his mother and neighbors are doing makeup and he hits accidentally the mirror you know and just like the zen parable he got it's like a sighting of the bull you know he says this is it i can yes. catch the light now yes. you know it's just so simple i have a mirror and i can catch and i can control and direct it wherever i want you know and i can do everything i want with the light you know so i think in the same way you know it just goes on uh, the whole uh, whole thing for me you know the, the the way he he managed to control the light and then later even his friend projectionist puzzle who explains to him in the projection booth that the how light is cut and darkness is created on the screen and this the the movie we see on the screen technically scientifically very few people know it is also because of darkness you know we always are given impression we enjoy this movie because it's light being projected but there is also darkness being projected you know so when you it, it was a, it's, just, it's almost like the the trick of dreaming right yes <laughs> the light comes from the darkness of the sleep in the night right beautiful yeah absolutely yes uh, sorry i didn't mean it yeah so no 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 so so that's uh, yeah um yeah so well i think that was uh, uh, i would say uh, there was several steps you know uh, and all the way till end you know we you know in a way i wanted that void and that he returns to society leaves his family and everything and i just wanted to end with smile you know that's you know the last time we see samai he has a faint smile because he cried a lot you know he left but there's a smile you know and which is you know he's just going to go and you know embrace uh, the the society or whatever is waiting for him right yeah? and and again that was a a moment where you brought in the cyclical nature of time right exactly so yes yeah the avatar keeps playing Play. playing playing over again yeah there again and also there's a moment it's i don't want to give away but there's also a moment where we have uh, the film projectors getting a second life the yes. film getting another life yes. in cyclical yes. nature yeah it's beautiful, beautiful yeah. <laughs> yeah 
Thank you, Nolan. We'll yeah. be right back to Life Force after this message from our station. Thank you. Can I begin? Uh-huh. Make room for the queen of Hindustan. Hey, it's Raja Kumari. I did it, I did it, I did, I did it all by myself. And you're checking out Life Force on Ruckus Avenue Radio. Welcome back to Life Force. I'm your host, Shilpa Agarwal, and I'm here with director Pan Nullen, talking about his latest feature film, Last Film Show, premiering at the 2022 Indian Film Festival, Los Angeles. So I feel like I can't talk about time and light without the concept of devotion. A concept of, sorry? Devotion. Devotion, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the first film that uh, Samay sees is a dharmic film. His father says, we're going to see this. So films are bad, except <laughs> this film is a dharmic film. So right. we're going to see it. Right. And it's the film where we see Ma Kali. And um, it's, it's this moment where faith and entertainment merge. Right. Because you pull back the lens and we see the reaction in the audience, which I thought was so beautiful. Uh-huh. And then later you bring in... Um, the film with the um, whirling dervishes, the Sufi whirling dervishes, and you see the impact of that on Fuzzle, right? And um, I feel that, and then, and then there's, of course, the underlying devotion of his family. And I feel like devotion is a way to enter into this light. And here I'm talking about not physical light, Spirit, oh yeah. but the highest manifestation highest, yeah, yeah. of light. Yeah. So I would love to know from your perspective, like how does does how does devotion play or not play in your work and in this film? I, I think you know when when you grew up when you grow up in Indian countryside, uh, like the where I grew up in in Kathiawad, which is in Gujarat, you know the devotion, the faith, the spirituality or religion with their own distinction play a pretty big life, big role in 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 the life, and yeah, I, I I I was no exception. So uh, so even when my f- father, who believed that we shouldn't watch movies because they are immoral and people drink and uh, there's too much violence, that whole concept of he he used to say daya and ahimsa are not shown in the movie. Which basically meant non-violence and compassion is not there in the movie, so we shouldn't go and watch. <laughs> so that was directly coming from his Brahmin upbringing as well, you know, devotional way of leading a spiritual life. Uh, and so we never went, unless and until there was a movie which was religious. Now how fake or <laughs> tacky that might be, like the, <laughs> that's a different story, you know. But just because it's title, you know, which is very manipulative for people who, are, who believe in such thing, like my father, were drawn to such film. And, and in honesty, Jai Mahakali was the least devotional film. <laughs> you know, so it, it was just so bizarre, the film anyway, you know. <laughs> if you, but, but, you know, that's how the, I think, uh, India is, I guess. So, so the question of faith was very important that, you know, you believe. But somewhere my mother uh, was far more, I would say, spiritual than religious. Mm-hmm. You know, so so she believed the spirituality is like very big thing, and she wouldn't have any distinction, you know, without the the different religions and all that. Uh, so so whenever I write, you know, the devotion uh, that 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 who is devoted to what, you know, and what is what level they are devoted to each other, whether it's interpersonal relationship, you know, whether somebody creates a gang of kid, whether the kids are devoted. 
to him because he pulls everyone into his vision and makes them believe that we can do something mm-hmm. we have nothing but nothing stops us why not let's go <laughs> you know the, the the same way i think uh that spiritual aspect of devotion uh i believe it's part of every great story you know and uh i think all great stories have that aspect of devo- devotion or spiritual i would say both whether it's star wars you know you can analyze star wars in many many ways and you will see the devotion you know which <laughs> certain characters have toward darth vader or you could see the when they start preaching about force be with you it can be read at many many level or matrix or even uh, movies which are about golf i remember some years ago decade ago there was a, a movie with will smith and matt damon about golf called the legend of beggar wans you know so where a golfer loses his swing and suddenly a drifter shows up and tell he becomes his caddy and gives him a gyan the knowledge that look i'll tell you a few things and you can actually win you know and you can get your swing back and win the tournament so it's like any other sports movie but if you look at closely that film it's so it's totally inspired by all the devotional aspects of gita mm-hmm. you know when arjun and krishna have a dialogue in gita so they really took those lines and the caddy tells those line to the to the to the golfer that look you know you should do this you should do that look at your opponent you know and see you know and focus so so i i feel that 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 that's that spiritual aspect makes any kind of a story it could be thriller like seven or it could be a horror movie i think most of the horror movie at cert they work on faith mm-hmm. you know and 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 in the end they have to find some devotional angle to it regardless of what religion it comes from whether it's christianity okay the soul must rest in peace if it's japanese movie the soul must be liberated by the last ceremony and 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 when you watch it it's just all about you know a horror uh, uh you know certain thrills so that's what i like to find so i i feel that uh, the devotion the spiritual uh, uh you know angle it's 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 pretty important part of st- structure of stories and characters and and i think the 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 characters in cinema are not interesting if they don't have certain devotional value or faith because we always link to someone who has a belief system right when we watch a character in a movie who says oh i don't like such and such politics you know and we either agree or disagree you know or we see straight away character who is religious you know i need to go to the church you know and uh, without that my life will seem incomplete <laughs> you know so we associate whether we are religious or not we sort of flow with that character and that and it could be even a character saying i totally believe in lady gaga or madonna you know that's my faith if i see them i'm going to cry <laughs> you know it could be even that kind of a faith but i think it's a very important element for building st- you know interesting stories and emotions and i always like to explore when i write characters what is their faith what do they believe system you know what do they believe in you know is are they vegetarian we might not see it ever on the screen or are they you know believe in ahimsa or not or you know what are their political views would are they for putin or ukraine you know uh, and i ask all this question to my character you know and that gives me deeper understanding of who they are Absolutely. you did not see that on the screen but you know that's how the bapuji in last film show has a belief system the mother has a silent belief system of her own 
you know and she knows everything but she won't make a big issue about it like the father would do mm-hmm. so she would just ask simple questions she knows that her son is going crazy trying to project cinema and she knows the answer but she still ask have you seen my white sari you know to her son <laughs> and he see lies no <laughs> of course he has stolen it to make a screen out of it you know <laughs> so uh, so 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 once you understand the character then i know that she will not make a big issue you, if i had a different belief system then she will bring her son and That's pull right. him up and beat the shit out of him That's and say right. That's right. you took my sari it's so expensive it was my gift for the wedding you know yes, absolutely <laughs> Well, I have two points to say. One is that um, you're bringing up Star Wars and you're bringing up this other film that you say has this influence of the Bhagavad Gita, and I feel like the West has been deeply influenced by Vedantic thought, including Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, it's been written about by yeah. um, authors. And so there, there is this, even as we are deeply Westernized, we are, our culture, for, I mean, there, there has always been a spread of... of Yeah. Our, our philosophy into other True. parts of the world. So we uh, see that. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's what is, otherwise the films are going to be very shallow and hollow, you know, because why do these films need to look up to Oriental or Asian philosophy and spirituality? Matrix, you know, draws very, <laughs> trilogy right. drawn his, you know, really, or certain movies, uh, you know, the, even they were inspired, like Star Wars trilogy was inspired from Japanese, uh, you know, the, the, the Shintoism. Uh, so, because they need to give belief system to that character, even though you make a superhero movie, and there are enough example which where there are movie which fail to do that and in some of the time with friends by analyzing we have analyzed that why it didn't work you know and very often you strangely realize that the character was never explored enough he didn't have a belief system which people can identify you know with and we wonder why such a huge movie did not work with the audience right. so because you, from belief system comes motivation yes. you cannot have You cannot make the action come unless you have that belief system. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I actually want to talk about the mother um, and the father, but I want to start with the mother because uh, I really appreciated the meticulousness of how you characterized her. She was, everything about her, her face was full of light, her cooking was full of light, and um, I feel like also, when we were struggling with these concepts of modernity and the march of time, women's labor, whether it's uh, cooking or spiritual labor or emotional labor, which you see her doing in various ways, is not seen. It's an invisible, cohesive glue in this kind of, in, in society, right? And um, I love that it is her cooking that, that actually is underpins the relationship of Sameh with Fuzzle, the projectionist. Yeah. <laughs> and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about thinking about how you wanted to portray her cooking and how that whole, um, how that all came about. I think the, the portrait, uh, the, the character of mother was, uh, you know, as the film is like partly autobiographical, <laughs> you know, it was totally inspired by my mother, you know, and uh, it's, it's, I said, okay, I'm just simply going to follow how she talked less, how she loved her cooking, you know, and how she sort of, you know, managed the whole house and made everyone a great cook, including my father, my brother. 
they're all great cook and what you see in the movie is in fact all my mother's recipe cooked by my brother on the set you know so he was there wow. <laughs> and he came and he cooked everything i wow. said like look I, i can't find anyone who can cook this you know it's a kathiawadi food it's not exportable because it's vegetarian you know and uh, so so he said okay i'm going to be there <laughs> um, and then she loved having all these plants which even you see in many small household even now when we were filming we actually borrowed the plant from someone's house so can we have your uh, you know coriander plant can we have your lemongrass plant so she will have you know coriander lemongrass you know these basilic so many plants are just grown yes. and she loved picking directly from the plant and putting in the vegetables <laughs> leave goes, goes directly yeah. inside you know so um and she uh, and she uh, you know enjoyed you know having to pick her chilies make chili powder herself pick turmeric make turmeric powder herself you know and uh, and she really really enjoyed cooking and our family was such that they only day morning evening night only discussion was about food nothing else <laughs> <laughs> nothing else it's so much so that you know when i was living mumbai and many flights were being diverted via ukraine there's a omicron spread there you know corona virus fear and i was like really nervous and i'm talking to my family over the phone and you know when i say all this problem they said yeah but what are you planning to do about eating you know <laughs> I said Putin is killing people you know you talking about my meal you know so <laughs> so that's really my family you know my mother was like that you know she didn't care where i studied whether i make film or not what are you eating in mumbai you know that was her question oh but don't eat that don't eat that chili they put so dust in it i said what <laughs> he said yeah they mix i've seen them you know don't eat that i'm going to send it to you you know so so some and somewhere you know she had also this kind of a strange sense of humor because my both parents did not knew very little how to read or write and uh, but you know so they have different type of wisdom inspired from oral tradition uh, so i really wanted her cooking her that thing to reflect you know that in a way she is a silent supporter knowingly and unknowingly and she knows every time like the sari question you know she knows that oh why are you eating okra you hate okra you know bindi you know and he said no i love bindi and she says liar yeah, exactly. <laughs> she knows him you know yeah. father still doesn't know he can't figure out the son till the very end but mother is really has insight into son um and 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 then sure enough father discovers that she's watching the show at very very end you know that was uh, quite <laughs> yes and so for me the the making of food and as we know in india we call movies masala films that's right <laughs> so so and somebody watching masala film when he goes there was a direct link you know the food and the film the way we spice up our movies with songs and item number and you know anyways and we actually use the word masala which literally means spice and that's that uh you know the in a way as the french say someone's way to the heart is through the stomach you know <laughs> so somebody literally uses that to you know feed his mother's unknowingly the tiffin the lunch box and he says like wow what a fear and you know his heart melts and says come up you know you can watch movies from here as far as i can eat your school lunch box you know <laughs> and i have to say puzzles enjoyment of uh, same's mother's food i could feel it in my whole body <laughs> i was like yeah it was amazing it was same when we were filming you know because we will prepare we need to do multiple take yeah. so each dishes were prepared six time 
you know, six in six portion, wow. so or seven portion. Then when I come on the set and I we start filming after two take, there's no more food. <laughs> so I said, I called my brother. What I told you to make six six plate. I have I need to do more take. He said, No, I'm sorry, the DP ate it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the cinematographer. He said, Oh, while I was lighting it, I couldn't resist. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so that was a true story, you know. I and I was like, man, I was like, how am I? He said, look, I promise you, in two takes, I'll give you the best take. <laughs> you don't need four plates, you know. <laughs> that was true. He did it, what we see in the movie, and dressed four plate, he ate it. That's wonderful. <laughs> so I do want to touch on the father. And um, yes. so, I feel, uh, I, so my question is, first of all, that his, his journey was, so heartbreaking, but also incredibly redemptive. And you have said in a previous interview, quote, my father became poorer and poorer as he saw his land, then his cows, and lastly his home being snatched away by his own brothers, leaving him with nothing but a tiny tea stall on a remote railway station, end quote. So I wanna ask a little bit, I want you to, if you could speak about bringing your father's story into your own, but also I want to know what shifted inside you in doing so, because there's obviously a lot of pain, and making this film and bringing that in yeah. has to shift something in you. I think, you know, uh, I always knew that, you know, my father, even quite a few times he used to beat me up and I knew that there's good in him. I was like totally sure that he was always right for he had a right reason. And I always knew even as a very, my brothers and sisters, we knew uh, and when people used to tell us, see those cows that belong to you one day, you know, and so we knew the backstory. And, and we knew that um, when my father had to leave his school very early to look after his brother and sister. So he had gone through a very painful journey. He had five brothers and two sisters. There were seven of them and he was the eldest. So this is a typical Indian family story where he worked very hard to marry the first brother, the younger one, then the younger one, then the sister. So he spent all his life doing that. And when at one point the brothers came, uh, when uh, my grandfather died and said like, look, you took all the grandfather's money. And he was so heartbroken at that accusation. He literally took us all in a in a ox bullock cart and said, "Let's leave," you know, and that's it. And he left, you know, and he said, "This is all yours." And since then, he never met them, and so I have never known any of my uncle, my sister, uh, nobody, all till today. So we remain like a kind of a aloof family. And one of the shepherd cow herder who was a friend of my grandfather, when he heard the story, he said, "Look, I have a tea stall." which your father had gifted me, why don't you keep that, you know, and uh, I don't know how to make tea, and, and that way you can feed your family, you know. So he took the tea stall, and just like in the movie, he started working there. But there was so much pain in him that he really, even when he used to beat me up for the school, because he thought he shouldn't be loser like him, you know. He said, I'm paying fees, so you go to school, and you are not going to school, you know. And he had that countryside belief that you have to become engineer, doctor, or, <laughs> you know, otherwise you are not a good kid, you know, you, there is no other profession. And what is even a filmmaking is a, such a remote idea. He didn't even know there was a profession called filmmaker or, uh, or an artist who can make living by selling painting. These ideas were too abstract and bizarre in his own universe. So he want, it, it was not concrete, solid, not something he can hold on to. So he really was 
you know not happy in the beginning uh, you know when i would not go to school and um, when all the other kids started going to school you know and uh, but uh, but you know he at one point had this complete transformation and i think that came through when he met my teacher uh, and says like look you know he paints very well your son you know and he doesn't have much attention in the school so his grades are not very good so you know and you should let him do you know what you do is good you know so i think that words had some impact on him uh, and then he used to see my obsession with broken glasses and match boxes and and literally the the movies which we were trying to project you know uh but he was very upset because in small place the reputation is very big thing even though i was put for 5 days in a juvenile home for stealing the reel people call it jail you know he went to jail <laughs> your son yeah he went to prison you know so and he took it like so badly and he had no idea what is juvenile home versus prison mm-hmm. because juvenile home looked exactly like prison you know so uh, so all this had affected him but in the end he realized it might be a good idea because the big electric line was coming that's a true story that's how he lost his tea stall uh you know and uh, and he said you should get out you know and he had already sent my elder sister to a nearby town uh, where she was able to go to a university started by gandhi you know which still exists where they you don't pay anything to study you can stay there and study free so my sister went there uh, so he thought okay i can go into similar school and you know follow you know so he had spoken with his friend and that's how i left the village so he was i was very surprised and he was constantly supportive like while i lived in the city i know how he was making money he didn't have a tea stall but he would still send me the money order of some uh, you know i said like no you have to do what you want to do uh, you know and 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 he said like people ask me my mother and my parents when they go to the neighborhood temple or a event you know people talk about each other's kids oh my daughter she's going to become doctor in mumbai you know so my 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 other son he's doing engineering someone will say my other son is doing building construction and they'll ask my uh, mother and father like what does your son do and they'll just simply reply in gujarati or hindi he thinks <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing <laughs> so when my sister told me this story i was like <laughs> I fell in love with my parents you know I said like they are so amazing you know and so that's what ultimately my father would remain totally supportive you know and when I made my first movie you know they were the one to see it you know they came on the location while I was making it in Ladakh in the Himalayas uh and they were just totally totally moved you know so if they were st- extremely strict parent like we have many you know I had my friends who couldn't do what they wanted to do you know one wanted to become musician today you know he's a goldsmith because you know he has a small shop and he super he regrets you know that i sh- i should have and he was really good at music you know he really organized every event in the school but this was totally crushed by the family because they are a very popular goldsmith uh, family and they had a huge business running across so many clients with the wedding jewelry so yeah so so this is uh, somewhere you know the, all the inspiration of writing last film show the samai the family you know so much so that i even shot on the same locations you know where i grew up which you see in the last film show you also see my school in the in the film that's my real school 
and the cinema hall you see in the film where actually I saw my first film but the cinema hall was shut for nearly 20 years and it was being used as a sugarcane storage so when we wanted to make film and when we were location scouting my father said that you know where you saw the first movie Mahakali it's that place is still there you know and so I said well I have passed that road and I've never seen it because he said no no it's still there you, we should go and check so I went with my DP and uh, we couldn't see anything because it just looked like an exterior building was there but inside it was stacked from floor to ceiling with sugarcane so we said okay but how do we know it's if anything is there you know and the projection booth was locked covered with cobwebs so they said in the sugarcane factory will uh, trucks will come and will take all the sugar so you can come after 15 days to see and when the sugars uh, sugarcane was taken away you know we saw those wooden benches the way i remember it and we said okay let's you know we will renovate this place and we'll shoot it here <laughs> so it's really truly a homecoming for you yes it was truly yeah and and was there some healing from the pain of your family? Do you feel like there was some healing? Of course. I mean, it was healing. It was, uh, it, was, uh, it was like everything coming together in a way that I was first time ever since I left my uh, hometown, countryside. First time I was there for a whole year, yeah. you know, and half. So I was able to connect with a lot of people, you know, from old days and when I was young and school, whom I had not seen in years, you know, because I was just coming, meeting my parent and leaving, you know, one night and go away. Yeah. So that was, and second thing, I completely forgot about the rhythm and pace of life. You know, I forgot about how rich the food is in every household. Yeah. You know, how, you know, and just like I, I, I said, like I'm, I'm just eating all the time wherever <laughs> I go, <laughs> you know, and not only me. This region, you know, because it's not very touristic, even when my crew came from Mumbai, they were shocked. They said, you know, we live in India. We don't even know there is such places like that. You know, so some of the locations and train stations, because these are the last surviving train stations, you know, there are like only six left. So, so it was homecoming in many ways. It was kind of, uh, kind of catharsis, you know. And uh, but I knew that this is the only way the story of Samai and cinema can come together. And somehow, what the, the land which nourished me and the cinema which nourished me, you know, sort of organically came together. So when I was writing the story, researching the story on the same place, I could not. Uh, take some of the m most famous filmmaker out of my head you know <laughs> it was like literally like even when I was later when I fell in love with cinema and I discovered that one of the very first film was train coming towards the camera and I said I saw that all my life you know yeah. <laughs> because we used to be on the station as a kid we literally used to lie on the grass and watch train coming to us you know, and he said, like, this has such an impact on me from tiny dot of train becoming bigger, bigger, bigger and coming to you and just going away. So, uh, so all that, uh, sort of, I said, okay, there's no way I cannot pay humble tribute to Lumiere Brothers. Yes. They changed the world, you know. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make one black and white shot of the train coming <laughs> and then slowly that. turning to color. Yeah. You know, it's just just a little tribute like that you know yeah. and uh, similarly a tribute to Kubrick you know with the uh, with the you know light on somebody's face and uh, you know uh, or David Lean looking at the flame of a matchbox you know so this when we were doing the shots you know they'll just come to us we didn't write that 
it shouldn't be distractive you know it should be, you did not know oh this shot is maybe inspired from david lean right. you, you this know this is part of it's just a, a story where yeah. you these are these are things that you put in as your own yeah. kind of moments of so they were like my teachers these filmmakers and i thought okay this is the only movie i where i have a space and scope to play them tribute i mean maybe never have this chance yeah to say in my movie word like bergman or tarkovsky you know yeah beautiful beautiful thank you nan we'll be thank right you. back to life force after this message from our station thank you thank you hi this is karen david and you're listening to life force on ruckus avenue radio welcome back to life force I'm your host Shilpa Agarwal and I'm here with director Pan Nalan taking talking about his latest feature film The Last Film Show premiering at the 2021 Indian Film Festival Los Angeles. Um so part of your film's message is about this time we're living in where cinema is reduced to content and where storytelling has become about manipulating emotions rather than evoking them and you say quote I want to send out a positive and optimistic message that the medium of storytelling will keep evolving and the storytellers have to keep up with that evolution they have to keep adorning new avatars if they want their voices to be heard end quote I think that your work even as it depicts the dying of the old cinema is part of this new avatar and I feel like it is subversive and how it does it it's a spiraling it's a subversive return and a spiraling forward at the same time and where there's this breath and space and expansiveness and slowness and it's it's actually a return to that to those feelings rather than action and drama and plot twists and all of that stuff and so i'm wondering if you could just talk about I mean you've talked about avatars in terms of everyone's storytellers now on Instagram but if you could just speak to this idea of what you're hoping to see in terms of new avatars of storytelling I think uh, the 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 storytelling uh, as I would say uh, one of the characters says in the movie that you know we were all there were storytellers were always there like politician told stories to win vote and you know the the merchants lied about their product to sell what they are selling you know so in a way the puzzle says oh it's built around big lies the storytelling business you know uh and rich people will tell stories to hide their wealth so you know and this was like something truly he had told me you know and i didn't know its value till it's <laughs> till a long time and 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 is one of the most thing which was very encouraging and inspiring to me which i can't tell my parents that he told me oh the future doesn't belong to doctors and engineer because puzzle said it belongs to storyteller <laughs> <laughs> and my father would have said what the hell just go <laughs> you know so i want to be storyteller i want to be a filmmaker so i feel uh, that uh, uh, that more and now that we are in the world of uh, social media you know where each one of us have a scope and possibility to tell our stories and we can see how popular that is you know that's why we have 20 million hits that's why we have a rise of uh, uh, you know bloggers because they are able to tell stories maybe just hold attention of people by just putting a camera in front of them and just tell story i will tell you you are young girl you are 12 year old i'll tell you how to do makeup when you go to school so and and i'm blown away 9 million followers you know yeah so it's the way she tells the story there are many people who can tell 
how to do makeup <laughs> but the whole quality of telling the story how it's told to you you know the people who are t- talking to you about cooking so it might be informative but you will see the one who are popular are also great storyteller right. the one who might have a great technique it's still not working you know they will have less follower so and this social media is kind of evident that you know there's a change in storyteller then there are storytellers like us you know uh, whether you do writing whether you use medium of word uh, we were always told we will be threatened by any new innovation which arrived like oral storytellers were scared i was told in china when the brush and ink was invented and the word started coming and the pictograms started appearing this oh my god now will be finished like in india too that now the words are going to take over you know and uh, so but i and then the pen came and the pencil came you know but invention of pen or pencil didn't make everyone a great storyteller so very often when i go around with the filmmaker you know they say oh now the cameras are so cheap and you know everybody has a smartphone and my analogy is the same everybody with smartphone is not going to become a great storyteller <laughs> you know if the tool don't make you storyteller then i'll just go and buy a pen and notebook and i become a writer that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not going to happen so there's still going to be uh, you know uh, a very interesting aspect of what storyteller how they will embrace uh and and we are now bombarded with so many different medias you know so there's cinema there's also streaming platform but there's also video games you know the story being told through video games has taken over the cinema and wow. streaming business wow. if you look at just last year's statistic 2021 like you release 20 movie which will still struggle to make a 1 billion dollar maybe there's just one game comes out and does 1 billion dollar business you know and what did they change over the 10 years the video gamers the creator of video games realized that we can't have all the time interactive gaming lose win lose win it's not working because many games had f- had completely disaster after 5 years of 60 million dollar investment they did not work right the 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 the, the gamers didn't realize so if you look at new versions of call of duty or ghost of tsushima they all tell stories now you know where the player has to pause and listen to story you know they are integrating elements of wind and nature and you know they they have to evolve because they know otherwise they'll be dejected you That's know right. because there's a limit what you can do with your impulsive you know buttons and you know <laughs> uh, and win and lose and kill you know yeah. and and human nature is going to get tired of it that's right so now the story is integrated because they started integrating story it is like you know merger of cinema and uh, video games coming to glazer virtual reality you know so uh, so sometime the technology pushes us in a wrong direction because now all the multiplex owners are saying okay because people are watching all the content at home we should make bigger imax bigger theater everything make it bigger so they will come to cinema hall you know but that's again i feel is wrong thinking because nobody's going to come to watch movie because it's on a huge screen you know unless and until that story is going to work you know at level you know because you will still have people 60 million people liking cat jumping the wall you know <laughs> <laughs> i like cat videos um so i think we're running out of time and i just want to ask you um maybe one last question which is the question i always ask my guests what gives you life ah what gives me life <laughs> uh 
I think what gives me life is um, I, I'm totally. I just for me the answer is very simple. I have learned to know and respect just simple thing which is breathing. You know, in many many ways, prana, like we call it. And for me, that breath is super important. It could mean. it you can go on talking about breath in yoga breath in life breath when breathe when we sleep or breathe when we walk or breathe when we work <laughs> you know but i just have totally uh, understood uh, you know this and this was further encouraged by some of the pe- people whom i know who told me that how the entire world we are forgetting how to breathe properly you know and so when i sort of learned with one or one or two yoga people about how to breathe and what is a natural way of breathe and you know how do you breathe when you walk when you work how do you fall into sleep and he said this was the basic thing when we were stone men to <laughs> transition this is the one thing we knew is how to breathe and how to sleep mm-hmm. so i would say definitely prana <laughs> beautiful beautiful find out more about last film show on instagram and twitter at indian film festival and at Han Nalin. That's P A N dot N A L I N, and connect with me at Radio Life Force. Watch and share the replay of this episode of Life Force on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Ruckus Avenue Radio. Thank you, Nalin. It's oh, been such a joy speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me, and it was wonderful talking to you. And I just want to tell your listener that if you can come to thursday to watch the movie great but if not samuel goldwin films will be releasing the film in the us later in the year so do watch it you guys you are listening to a brand new single by the DJ Sanj featuring Tory Lanez called Chauffeur proudly presented to you by Ruckus Avenue Radio Point out Houston Texas I like fuck my ex time I disconnect us I got brand new bitch ass they got here for breakfast kind of shot for any